Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Debrief Podcast. My name's Donna Martin. Hey. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to see I you. I like your Good nails. to be here. Thank you. They are. For those who are not watching, they are white, brown, <laughs> and orange. half orange, half orange. Half orange. They're, they're my Thanksgiving nails, so thanks for putting my, I'm a season behind on my nails. Put okay. it on blast. You've it's had, okay. You've had a lot on your plate. I've <laughs> had a lot on my plate. They're going to change. Then I'll be able to show you my Christmas nails. Anyway. <laughs> I did not tell her I was going to say that. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Let's jump into this week's questions. Yeah, great questions. Thanks for everybody. Yes, excellent questions. We've been in such a powerful series. I just have to tell you this, that my bonus child, I call mm. him my bonus child, yeah. he was in our youth group. He moved in with me six years ago, never left. And um, he loves the way that you speak about finances. He, oh, wow. Every single week he tells me, that was so good. Like, mm -hmm. he just feels like it's not, he's like, he's bringing me somewhere, but he doesn't feel like it's pressured or that it's in his face. And oh. he kind of grew up in a church culture where it was like that. And so I just want to say thank you. I mean, it's been beautiful to watch. And I know at our campus, lots of people are responding really well. Yeah. And so... That's so yeah, good, he man. Thank you so much. loves it, like yeah. loves it. He's, you know, almost 30. He still is with me. Whatever. We love you, Daniel. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he's got a great job. And I think you've really challenged the way that he views his money. And Amen. so so many pastors are afraid to talk about it. Um, even very, very well-known pastors, um, great teachers. Mm -hmm. They just can't talk about money. And like I said in last week's message, and I don't know when this will air, but um, how to get the most out of your money message, mm -hmm. the shrewd manager. Um, you know, Jesus talks about money more than any other issue. Yeah. And there are churches that are abused. Um, I, I think I have freedom to teach on it because I'm not hoarding money. I don't right. hoard money from Sandals Church. I don't set my salary. We actually have a board meeting tonight. Um, you know, and like I shared with the church, this will be the third year I'm not taking a raise. Mm -hmm. And I, I do that with gladness. Yeah. Tammy and I are, you know, we've gotten our major expenses, our kids through college, our, mm -hmm. my girls are married. You know, we're at a position where we can say no to ourselves, yeah. where I know some of our staff members, they're paying for childcare. They're, yeah. the gas is hitting them hard, the groceries. And so, you know, it's my honor to be able to do that. And so I just, I feel a, a sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. A lot of people stop coming the second you start talking about money mm -hmm. and, um, you know, but other people, like I met this young lady in the lobby at Hunter Park. And if you want to know what makes Sandals Church special, this is it. If you mm -hmm. want to know what's the difference between Sandals Church and almost every other church that you will go to, I had this young woman come up to me and she had tears in her eyes and she said, can I hug you? Mm. And I was like, sure. We were in the lobby. She gave me a hug and she said, you've saved my life. I said, well, mm. I don't do that. Jesus does. <laughs> she says, no, 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 you're teaching. She said, I worship money. Wow. She's a single mom. I said, how do you worship money? She said, I'm a stripper. And she said, I don't like stripping. Mm. I don't like taking my clothes off. Mm -hmm. I don't like men touching me. She said, I love the money. Wow. And she said, that is my God. And she walked away and I just turned to security and soul care that was standing next to me. I said, this is what I love about our church. Mm -hmm. How many churches is a stripper going to walk right up to the pastor mm -hmm. and confess their sin mm -hmm. and say, and then she told me, I'm going to make a change this mm -hmm. week. It was so interesting. God. She said, I'm going to talk to my husband about this. Wow. She has a husband. So, or something or other, something or other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. a guy in the home sure. <clears throat> who is the, the father to the baby. Sure. So, but it was just, it was just wow, interesting to me, but she got it. Yeah. She, dude, it landed. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a lust problem. She doesn't have, you know, she's not an adulteress. Sure. You know, she worships. And I wish that most people in our church could see. Mm -hmm. I worship mammon. Mm. I worship the God of mammon. And that is what is driving me. And that's why I'm offended when you ask me to make an offering to the true God. Yeah. Because I worship the false God. And uh, Tammy and I are watching, my daughter recommended this show. Um, what's, the, what's the celebrity show where they go through boot camp? Special Forces. Oh, I've seen that. And I got to yeah. tell everybody, okay, I didn't go through Special Forces, but I went through Level 5 boot camp. <laughs> so boot camps, boot camps have level mm -hmm. levels. So if you like go through Air Force, mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about your boot camp. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marines are Level 5. I went through uh, military police training. So it's wow. the highest level that the, uh, the U.S. Army had at the time. And so I got tear gassed. I got screamed at. And so these celebrities are getting baby handled. It's the one with jo Jojo Seawall, right? Is that yeah. the one? Yeah, but um, Tara Reid is in the second season. And, oh, yeah. And she just was a sex symbol. She was gorgeous 20 years ago. Yeah. And she 
looks like uh, Gollum. Yes, she does. I watched and, it. <laughs> and it's because of what she's worshipped. She's worshipped yeah. fame. Mm. And here's the thing. You become whatever you worship. Mm. And so here she is. She's 47. She looks like she's 67. Mm-hmm. And she's talking so about how strong she is. Yeah. I'm like, somebody needs to say, you are not strong. Yeah. You are weak. And and this is, you know, again, God loves her. I pray for her that she can turn her life around. But this is what happens mm. when you worship the wrong thing for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it, it just was really, really sad. We were made in the image of God. We're made to reflect God. We end up reflecting whatever we worship. Yeah, absolutely. And she has reflected, she reflects the abuse, mm-hmm. the self-centeredness and the self-worship of fame. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. And it's just sad. It's really yeah, sad. Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I mean, I just want to say from, you know, for whatever, from my perspective, there's such an integrity that comes um across as you're preaching this message it's like i know that you live it and so it's not like just give me give me give me there's so much integrity in that but yeah everything my wife and i do Mm -hmm. the house we live in the cars we drive Mm -hmm. how we spend our money we do so to set an example for the people that follow us because i know years ago there's this guy and this this is a true story i bought an acura this is probably 10 years ago and this guy challenged me in our church how dare you ask me to give financially and then you drive an Acura? I oh. sold it. I ate $4,000 to trade this car in. We bought a Honda Civic, Madison's first car. <laughs> Remember the <laughs> Honda Civic? Madison sitting in here in the studio. And that sucker left our church anyways. I was so mad. He was mad about an Acura? Yeah. Because it's, and what I realized in that, <laughs> it wasn't my issue with money. It was his. It was his, yeah. And he, you know, and I found out later, he's not even in church anymore. Wow. But I, I sold this car and I ate $4,000 because here's what I told my wife. I care more about his soul yeah, than our money in the car we drive. Right. But ever since then, Tammy and I, um, we have, we have like a six month conversation about vehicles that we drive mm-hmm. because we live in a glass house yeah, and absolutely. I get that. And there are pastors that abuse mm-hmm. and live luxurious lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't personally know any pastor that has become ex- excessively rich off their church. Right. Now, Rick Warren made $70 million off a book he wrote. That's right. Yeah. But that's, that's the most selling book of all time. I know. Like most guys lose money. Right. You know, I didn't make any money off a book called you, the book right behind mm-hmm. us. I didn't make any money off that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that book did well, mm-hmm. but it, I don't know. People just, <clears throat> they find the rare exception and they say, this is the case. Yeah. Right. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've got some amazing questions. Thank you. And I'm doing a really that. good job of keeping us from them. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. This is Mark from Highland. Actually, Highland kind of represented mm-hmm. here on this um, debrief. But it says, when it comes to the giving of our time, talents, right. and resources, is there a distinction to be drawn between generosity and faithfulness? Yeah. So when he asked this question, um, what was his name? Mark. Mark, thank you so much. This, this question really really mess with my noodle, my brain. So I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about. I, I always tell my wife I'm noodling this. It's my brain because your brain looks like a bunch of biscotti, biscotti, spaghetti Same noodles. Um, yeah. And so this is a great question, Mark. Mm. And so here's where, here's how I, I arrived at this answer. And so I just want to thank you for this well thought out question. I think faithfulness is my tithe. Mm-hmm. And so it's just something that my wife and I do. And so we take 10% of our income and we give uh, to the local church sandals. That's our church. And then generosity is what we do over and above that. Yeah. And so when we feel led to, um, like when we give to the joy company mm-hmm. or company, we don't take that out of our tithe. A lot right. of Christians do that. And I'm not a big fan of robbing your local church to support other charities. I think that's generosity. And you say, okay, I'm going to, if I feel prompted to give this, I don't take it away from what I believe is the Lord's. And, um, and so faithfulness is the steadiness of our continued giving generosity is when God prompts me to do something extraordinary Mm -hmm. and over and above. And so what we're asking Christians to do, and I don't know if this will work at our church because so many Christians struggle with the faithfulness portion. I don't know how they're going to do with the generous portion. Mm -hmm. So what Tammy and I are going to do is we're going to give an amount over and above a one-time offering to try to help us get to this 2 million extra bucks. It's four point something if you add it all together. And I I don't know if we're going to get there. I mean, it's a, it's a big uphill climb. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge challenge. And we have some real expenses this year that happen because of weather. Like we just don't right. get the rain that we right. get and we didn't budget for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I'm okay either way. Um, but 
generosity is saying I'm going to give over and above this. And so, you know, my wife and I, you know, if we're out to dinner and we ran into a couple at our church, we're celebrating their anniversary. And Tammy says, pay for their dinner. Mm-hmm. That's generosity. Right. And so that's what I would say it is. It's this, it's this idea to want to give. And I actually enjoy giving, mm-hmm. you know, Tammy's like, what do you want for Christmas? And it's like nothing. I, mm-hmm. I, I, what I actually love at Christmas is, is giving. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know that's not real helpful for her. And so, um, <laughs> I actually told her what I want. And so, um, I don't know if she's going to get it or not, but I asked for a pizza oven. So we found this cool. wheat, we found this wheat in France that I'm not allergic to. Wow. And so I can order this wheat for, through Google or not Google, Amazon. Sure. And so we had it at Thanksgiving and I had pie. Like real pie, not like gluten-free pie. Right. If you want to know what gluten-free <laughs> tastes like, go lick a board. That's what it tastes like. Um, but it's just it's just this opportunity to give. And so faithfulness is doing what I should. And I think yeah. that's somewhere around the tithe, and everybody needs to pray about that. And I use the word should because Jesus says you should tithe. Mm-hmm. He doesn't command it. He says you should. Um, generosity is just really embracing this new life, yeah. this new creation and saying, okay, I'm a new person and the old person lived to get this new person lives like Jesus and I live to give. And I just love that. And I have a wife that's that way. And I would say that I learned faithfulness from my parents. My parents were faithful. My wife's parents were generous. Mm-hmm. And specifically my wife's father mm-hmm. was generous. Uh, he just was a generous person. And so I got to see both. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I loved that. And I'm grateful that I had, I had two, two models. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, I just really, really appreciate that. That's so a that's great a great quest- question. Really Mark. great yeah. question. Yeah. Thank you. And I like the way you And hopefully that. you like my answer. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was great. So we have Adam from Colton. Okay. And he says, hello, Pastor Matt. I hey, was Adam. in Celebrate Recovery Group last night on the San Bernardino campus. Thank you for doing that. Yes. And the men got into a very interesting conversation when talking about diff- difficult people. For example, Crazy Aunt Mary, who sets <laughs> off bombs at family gatherings because she likes drama and chaos. This is just yeah. hypothetical. When do we cross the line into gossip and or slander? Can we discuss the facts and not gossip look forward to your reply yeah i would say this is something that i struggle with um and i think that we slip into gossip and slander often Mm -hmm. more often than we know and you would think i would be better at this because i am often gossiped about and slandered and so it's something that i I try to work really really hard on and it is difficult you know there's we're going to talk about this in our healthy series in january but there's this huge spike in anxiety in our culture and what they're seeing is it's directly correlated to our isolation. Mm. And so computers are not relationships. Mm -hmm. Video games are not relationships. You know, everything you watch on a screen is not relational. So why are we so isolated? Because people are flipping hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, people are really, really difficult. And we were talking about before the show, just your struggle, you know, managing employees and dealing with people. Mm -hmm. The hardest people I've had to deal with at Sandals has been the people I pay. Yeah, It's been, I mean, unbelievably difficult. And I've made mistakes and they've made mistakes, but man, managing people is difficult. And there's a part of me that's like, I'm just going to go live on an island by (laughs) myself. And uh, have you ever heard the story about the man who was on the island? And when they found him, there was two structures on the island and they asked him what they were. And he said, the first one is my first church. And what's no. the second structure? My second church. Cause I had to leave that first church because I didn't like the people in it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a story, but, but ultimately he found out in worship, even though he was alone, right. He drove himself crazy. So he had to build another church mm-hmm. and that's what's happened. I've been at Sandals church for 27 years. And so there's been a lot of people that loved sandals for a while sure. and now they hate it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Oh my <laughs> gosh. Uh, am I that terrible? So I, I really try to work on this. And I think that oftentimes what we do when we share is we're reporters. Yeah. And what we need to be sharing is feelings. So instead of saying what aunt whatever dropping bombs, what we say is I had an interaction with a family member. So I'm vague. And here's what it triggered in me. Here's yeah. how it made me feel. And especially if you're in road recovery, it made me want to do drugs. Mm-hmm. It made me want to go drink. It made me want to look at porn. And we make it self-focused rather than other focused. Yeah. Because it's just really, really difficult to talk about what someone's done and not gossip and slander them. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's extraordinarily difficult 
to not gossip and slander. And you need to understand as a Christian, those sins, gossip and slander, are mentioned in the same context as sexual sins, adultery, uh, homosexual sex, murder. Like it's in the same list of adjectives, meaning these sins are extraordinarily closely aligned. And I think as Christians, we give ourselves a pass on gossip and slander, but maybe you shouldn't drink or get drunk, which you shouldn't. Um, or or do drugs or have sex outside of marriage. What we shouldn't be doing is all of these things. And so what I would just say is, honestly, it's very, very difficult to talk about a situation and not gossip or slander. And so I work really hard, and I don't do this perfectly or even as well as I should. I try to honor even people that I'm frustrated with, Mm -hmm. even people that have wounded me. I try not to disparage them because they're created in the image of God. And the truth is, I only know how what they did made me feel. I don't know what they're going through or what they did. Um, But, um, you know, but there are some people that are just impossible. And especially if you're in recovery, there might be people that you have to cut off. And and I think it's okay to say, okay, until I'm healthier, I'm not going to Thanksgiving with aunt so-and-so who drops bombs because I'm going to get so worked up. I'm not in a healthy place to deal with this right Mm -hmm. now. But at some point you got to deal like Tammy and I had to go to a social function this last week and I just said, okay, babe, here we go. We're walking in with the wolves mm-hmm. and it just sucks. Yeah. But I'm going to hold my head high. And I went right up and said hi to the three wolves in the room. How's it going? Mm-hmm. You doing good? It's good to see you. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, why do you do that? And it's because I'm, I'm not going to shrink who I am yeah. for who they are. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. And if they're man enough to actually tell me what I know they've been saying, then they'll say it, but they're, they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, it wasn't the appropriate place to do that, but. You know, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just would say this is something I think all of us as Christians need to be acutely aware of. We gossip and slander far more than we think we do. Mm-hmm. And we need to know it's a sin and it's a devastating sin because words really hurt people and they really can align people. And I would say this, when, when you're gossiping and slandering about somebody, so let's say somebody says something about you to me, Donna. And they say, you know, Donna, she's just a liar, mm-hmm. which I know you're not. But then let's say six years from now, I have an interaction where I'm like, okay, why'd you say that? Yeah. Guess who I'm going to remember? Mm-hmm. That gossip and yeah. slander. I. It's amazing to me how Satan can remind us mm-hmm. of hateful words. And I, 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 I say this all the time when my wife and I are discussing with somebody. I said, listen, when you're considering the criticism, remember the source. Yeah. If, if I don't trust the source, man, I throw it out. I just... I just don't. And I think oftentimes we just listen to people and it's like, okay, who right, said that? Right. Because, and then all of a sudden, then it creates division between you and right. I. And that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to divide and accuse. Yeah. And that is such the work of the enemy. And it's such the devil. And so I would just say, hey, guys, I know we're all struggling here. And the reason we're here to work is not for aunt so-and-so. Mm-hmm. We're here because we battle with addiction. And the truth is, when life gets tough, we turn to a substance. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So I want to hear how you feel. I don't want to hear what someone else did. Yeah, that's good. So. I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Great question. Thanks, Adam. Okay, this is Catherine from Highland. Another one from More Highland. Highland, man. I San Bernardino coming in hot. <laughs> I love this week's message on how to get the most out of my money. It really hit home as my husband and I are currently going through a huge financial struggle right now, mainly due to using our money as ours rather than God's. Mm. My question is moving forward. How do I know how to use my money in a way that glorifies God? Other than giving to the church, what other ways I can ensure I am using my money the way God wants me to? How do I know that? or what purchases are acceptable Mm. versus which aren't. Yeah, I think one of the ways we're the most unreal with ourselves with our spending, I was actually in a meeting with a staff member, and I have his permission to share this story. But his wife (laughs) taped on his car their financial expense sheet, and he spent more on coffee last month than his car payment. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, that's and that's what he told me. And I have his permission to share that story. But here's the thing is he didn't know that. Right. I mean, when you're swiping. Yep. <laughs> and so oh, no. here's the thing is what we need to do is remember that I'm going to give a personal account of my finances mm-hmm. to God. So I better start accounting. Yeah. And most people just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize. And so you're saying, God, I don't have money this mm-hmm. month for you. But you had more money for Starbucks than for your car payment. Yeah. And I'm not saying he didn't tithe. I'm just saying. Right. 
at the, if you give to God at the end of the month, you're never going to have enough. That's why my wife and I give at the beginning. Yeah. We give first. We give to the Lord first, and then we make it work. Um, and so what we try to do is we pray through everything. And I think I shared the story a couple weeks ago. Uh, we, you know, we were going to buy a house. It was our first brand new house. And this house was $160,000. Oh, wow. Come I know back. all my young people. Come like, back. Well, it was, it was <laughs> 2,500 square feet. Wow. Five bedrooms, brand new. And to make it work, we were going to have to rent the downstairs bedroom because I worked at Sandals and we were sure. struggling. We couldn't afford $176,000 house. We were going to have to rent the downstairs bedroom. And we weren't going to qualify for the loan if we put down tithing as an expense. Tithing, I think yeah. I said in the sermon. Yeah. And the guy said, you need to take that out. And I wow. said, no, if we can't afford the house without this. And so we said no. And so here's how I live for God. I, I live my budget with him first, and then mm -hmm. I make everything else work. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, here's what I would encourage everybody. Get to the place where you can give 10% and, and save 10%. Yeah. And so I know some of you are saying there's no way I can do that. But you always have to learn to live with less. And that's how you have more. Mm -hmm. And so Tammy and I got to the place where we could tithe 10%. And then we said, okay, we're going to start saving 10%. And now we're able to do even more than mm -hmm. that. Because our expenses, and I, I watched this. I had a friend years ago at the church. And he doesn't go to Sandals anymore. But he loved to live off payments. He calculated everything with payments. And I'm like... Man, it doesn't matter if you can make the minimum payment on your credit card. Sure. Your debt is getting out of control. And so we learned long ago, Tammy and I don't do well financially if we have a lot of debt mm -hmm. and we are stressed out. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to live on less. And so we did that and we started paying cash for things. And even now, it's amazing how much more you think about a purchase when you're paying cash Absolutely. than when you're financing it. Mm -hmm. Because it it finance and that's the the beauty for the the um, the American economy of credit. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't have to think about this. But I tell you what, man, you, you put a pizza, a thirty dollar pizza on a credit card, and then you end up paying two hundred dollars for that pizza. And that is depressing Absolutely. because the interest just keeps compounding and multiplying, and and the creditors love that. They love that two hundred dollar mm -hmm. pizza, and so you just got to look at that. And so what I would do is I would sit down with somebody, you know, we have a ministry at Sounds Church called Financial Peace. And I, I don't know, you guys can put in the show notes if they change the name, they might have changed the name of it. Um, but you can sit down for that. I think it's free online now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's it called? Thrive Financial. Thrive Financial. So it's free online. And so that's why we switched it. But you can just go through yourself. It's very, very difficult. It's not fun to look at reality. Yeah. But sit down and say, okay, what can we cut? What can we get rid of? And there's a lot of people that are paying for four, five, six, um, you know, like Hulu, Disney Plus, yeah. and that, that's the stuff that's killing you mm -hmm. and, and run through. I actually think they have apps now that tell you the payments that you're making because yeah. some people don't even realize you got all this stuff on recurring. I remember one time I, I thought I bought one vitamin and I signed up for every 30 days. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, what is going on? You know, seven bottles later, these vitamins, <laughs> and it's really, really difficult to, to shut it off. Um but just go through that. And so what I would just say is, number one, get an accounting, figure out what you're actually spending mm -hmm. and what you actually make. And the goal should be to give somewhere near 10%. You got to pray about that. And I would say to save 10% mm -hmm. for rainy days. And that's the beauty of savings is like a couple months ago when a church member crashed my car uh, and, and didn't tell us. Eventually, she did come and say, hey, oh. by the way, you know, I, I crashed your car. And um, but we had the money. Right. To, to pay for that. Now, right. it's not fun money. Right. But we had the money to pay for that. And so get to that place where you go, okay, I we've saved for a rainy day. We've saved for um, your deductible. Like a lot of people just make the payments for their auto insurance. And I know you got in a crash recently. Yep. But have you saved right. for the deductible? Right. And, um, and a lot of people haven't. And so then I would say is, so get an account and then start praying about this and pray together. Lord, is this what, what yep. you want? And then some couples in our church, you know, they get super down in and then there's just fun money. Once you get to the place where fun money, and that's, the, that's not the stuff that you do pray about. You got your your allowance. There's a some couples, Tammy and I don't do this, but they have allowances where it's like, okay, you want to spend your allowance on $6 coffees? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, some of us are not in that situation. And if you're single, it, this is more challenging because you have to be your accountability, accountability yeah. partner. And that's difficult. In marriage, I think it's a little bit easier mm -hmm. unless both of you are crazy with money. Um <laughs> 
And so that's what I would do is, is get an accounting, figure out what you're actually spending, set your goals, and you don't have to borrow my goals, tithe 10, save 10, um, and then start praying about stuff. Lord, is this what you want us to do? And that's been so helpful because, you know, Tammy and I are renting right now. We've been married for, it'll be 27 years this year. We've, we, we bought a house together before we got married. So we, I think we closed escrow three weeks before the wedding. And I mean, literally our first house was in her maiden name and my name. Wow. Don't judge me. $75,000. I feel so bad telling my gosh. people that I know I just got <laughs> older than dirt now, but, um, so we've always owned a home mm-hmm. and been blessed by that. And I've just told her now is not the time to buy. Mm-hmm. And so if she disagrees, I say, okay, let's pray about it. Mm-hmm. Cause my wife wants her own home. Mm-hmm. She wants, you know, her own place for sure. our kids to come over. And I said, look, we can rent this right now. We're, we're fine. Let's pray about it. I feel like God is saying no. And that's so powerful mm-hmm. because she trusts me mm-hmm. and she says, okay, we're going to stay here. I don't love it, but we're going to stay here and wait and see what, what, what the economy does. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be in a situation right. where I make a mistake. And here's the thing. The older you get, you have less time to recover from a mistake. And Absolutely. I watch 50 year olds and six year olds. Like if you're 70, you can't be done with your money. No, you got no time. You've got to make the, the best decision. And, you know, the average American has less than $50,000 in their retirement account. We're going to have a lot of poor elderly people. Right. And this is, this is across uh, the, the world. Singapore just changed the laws that if your parents that, that are retirement age live within five minutes of your home, you get a tax deduction. Because people aren't taking care of their parents. Wow. They're not taking care of their elderly. Culture has shifted. Mm. And so, you know, I don't know what America's going to do, but. America can't afford to take care of everybody's grandparents. No. So families are going to have to start taking care of the ones who took care of us Absolutely. when we were little. So that's huge. So, you know, try to figure that out. Yeah, that's good. We do better when we sit down and talk about yeah. money. And I think even the accounting, like expenses have gone up so much. I'm like, oh, how yeah. much am I spending? I have to go back and look at all my transactions to see. Somebody I the, spent $400 on groceries. This somebody, month, you know? somebody in the offering, I kid you not, put in a recipe for Mexican rice. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you very much. But did you put in a real offer? So, but we really did spend 32 bucks on rice and salsa. Yeah. When he said that, I just. Where did I you go to Whole Foods? No, it was, no, it's, uh, uh, I don't want to say. It. It was, okay. I won't, yeah, say. I, don't say. I won't say. Yeah. It's, it's not, right. it's, it's good. So it's Maria's kitchen in Woodcrest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So sure. Okay. And to be fair, it was a large rice and a large salsa. Sure. So. Yep. Uh, All right. <laughs> Let's keep going. This is. Brian from Highland. Okay. Wow. Hello, Pastor Matt. I'm a happily married man, but my question is for a fellow Christian. Mm. He's been married once before and is curious about remarrying. When does it become adultery Mm. and when doesn't it? He has gotten mixed responses from various pastors. I would think God would gladly wish for two godly people to be joined in holy matrimony, regardless of their pasts. Can you provide a definitive answer on this? Thank you. God bless. P.S. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you, Brian. (laughs) Well, really, Brian, the issue is not the pastors. The issue is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is countercultural, um, but this is one of the things we got to be really honest. I get super frustrated with the church and how lax we are in divorce and how harsh we are on homosexuals. Mm-hmm. It makes me very angry mm-hmm. because we, we ask and demand that gay people live in total celibacy and then we give married people these repeated passes. Sure. And Jesus cares about your sex life. And, and again, we were made to reflect God. Mm. And ultimately, Jesus says in, in, in the next life, we will not be sexual. Sure. So we got to prepare ourselves for this reality that sex is a desire that we have because God created this desire for this life here and now. So in, in, in the next life, in the, in the new body, things are going to be different. And so we just have to accept that sex is not eternal, but you are. Mm-hmm. And so you have to live with eternity in mind on this issue. And so he, here's the thing is, I don't know his friend's situation. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is this is why it's so important to not be pastored by a podcast. Mm-hmm. He needs to sit down with the local pastor and work this thing through and work it out. Yes, there's grace. Yes, there are opportunities. But I think we are way too lax on this issue and we just allow for divorce constantly. Hmm. Um, and I think it's really, really sad. The Bible's very clear in Malachi. God hates, he hates it, divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It destroys Whenever you take two people together and then you rip them apart, it damages both people Mm -hmm. and their soul. Now, I realize there are some instances where there's abuse 
-hmm. There's repeated adultery. Um, I prayed with a woman this week whose husband in the lobby is, I think he's had four or five affairs and she's like, I can't do it anymore. And I said, I understand. Wow. I said, the Lord is allowing you to Mm -hmm. sever yourself from this man. He's already repeatedly severed himself from you. Right. And so, um, that, you know, that was really, really sad for her, but you know, a a repeated adulterer, you know, but then I've had other people that are like, you know, I'm going to be like Gomer, um, you know, in, um, Oh gosh, what's Hosea. the book? I'm sorry. I'm going to be like Hosea and I'm going to remain faithful um, to Gomer because in the book of Hosea, his wife repeatedly cheats, not only cheats, but lives as a prostitute mm-hmm. and he continually takes Respect. her back as an example of how God keeps his cheating wife, Israel, mm-hmm. and he keeps allowing her to come back. And so, um, and I think that Christians can be foolish on either way. I think we can divorce too quickly and then yeah. I think we can become codependent and call it Christian. Mm-hmm. And stay in a very, very unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. where, um, you know, our lives are at risk. I actually was doing marriage counseling um, yesterday and, you know, pray for our, our marriage ministry at Sounds Church. I'm just, we're really needing someone to, to head that up because there's so much chaos. But this guy, you know, got into porn and he was just sharing with me. And, and then he went and, and um, met with and paid for sex. And I just said, I like was explicit, what kind of sex? Yeah. And he's like, why? I was like, well. Because I need to know whether or not your wife, who's sitting right there, needs to go get checked. Yeah, absolutely. Because you may not have just put your life in danger; you put her life in mm-hmm. danger, and it was it was rough. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't have wanted to hmm. share that with my pastor, but you know I got to care about her health as absolutely. they sat there together, and um, and I, and I appreciate them that they were real enough and honest enough. Yeah. But man, it's just really really broken, and I, and I pray that they'll make it. Um, but I don't know because mm-hmm. it, ultimately it's up to him. Does he want to live in a monogamous sure. marriage? And and some guys, they want the benefits of marriage, but they don't want to be faithful in marriage. Mm-hmm. And so, and some women, um, and that's just wrong. So, so what I would say here is I can't tell you, is it Brian, right? Yeah. I can't tell you what your friend needs to do. Mm-hmm. What I can say is Jesus is far more conservative and restrictive on divorce than most pastors are. And we don't like that in our culture, mm-hmm. but Jesus was very, very clear and went way further than Moses ever did. You know, Moses would allow you to get a certificate for divorce. Jesus said he only did that because your hearts are hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, wow. Yeah. And so, uh, and this is coming from a man who never married and never had sex, but walked in celibacy Mm -hmm. because he wasn't coming to marry a woman. He was coming to marry the church, Mm -hmm. us forever. Yeah. And that was his purpose and that was his goal. And so, you know, we live in this culture where we think we cannot be whole without having an active sexual life. And that's just not the truth. Our culture worships the God of Aphrodite. Um, and if you're like, who is the goddess of Aphrodite? Well, we would call her Eros, erotica. And so Aphrodite is demanding God. And she says, you must have me regularly. And that's what our world worships. We worship Aphrodite and we think we just have to be sexual and everything is sexy and everything is about sex. And it's a terrible God to worship because she's demanding and she doesn't love you. Mm-hmm. And ultimately she destroys you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm sorry, I'm using she ladies, you know, all of my feminist haters online. Well, there he goes again, <laughs> using one. Well, Aphrodite is, is, she was is a, a female, female God. So a goddess. So, um, and we, we need to understand that, that our God Hmm. Yahweh is not a sexual God. And and that's what most people fail to realize when Jesus is telling the woman at the well who has been married five times and living with a man, God is spirit. Yeah, He is different from the super horny Greek gods who have sex with people. That is not who he is. And he is a God that is above sexuality. He is spiritual. And that is who he is. And he lives in a permanent non-sexual relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why the tri- the triune nature of God is so incredible. There is love, but there is not sex. Mm-hmm. And and in our world, it's like, how could you, how could you possibly think that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I'm thinking eternally, not just physically. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying that couples who are married should not engage in sex. I think that's an important way to come together. I'm just saying, you know, if Tammy was struck by a bus tomorrow, and we were unable to have sex, I am still committed to loving her and serving her and caring for her. Right. Because our relationship is not about sex. It's about our our commitment to each other and to God. Mm-hmm. And that's what's super important for me. And um, I know, like, if you're 18-year-old young man, you're like, Pastor Matt's crazy. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, 
sex, I think, as you age becomes less and less important and you see how important other things are. And I think the younger you are, the more blinded you are by your own passions, your own hormones, your own biology. But there are many people who, as they age, really regret mm-hmm. how they lived sexually when they Correct. were younger. And that's hard. That's hard. That's hard to, to know when you're young. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. So good. Thank you. Yeah. So right. I, I don't know, Brian, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Have him go to his pastor. Yeah. yeah. And get counseling on that. That's great. Okay. Catherine from Highland again. Wow. I know. How do you tell God your financial struggle is his problem? And I think that this is something she's referencing of something mm. you said yeah, in the sermon. In the when you are the one who created the problem. I want to give my stress and worry to God, but I don't know how to put a problem I created on God to fix it. It feels like I wouldn't be taking responsibility for my actions at that point, and God wouldn't see it as his problem. Yeah, so I think she's conflating two things that I was teaching. And so you're, you're absolutely right. Your bad financial decisions are not God's problem. Right. So you, you are mm-hmm. a steward. You are a manager of God's resources. So what I would say is start acting as his manager mm-hmm. and start acting as his steward. And then as you change the way you spend, I think God is going to see that your money is his money. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to start blessing Mm -hmm. you. But you must act like it's his money. And that's one of the things that most people miss about the parable. Jesus admires the shrewdness. He does not admire the dishonesty. And that's where people don't go down to the end. And when he says, if you're dishonest in little things, you will be dishonest in big things, which is exactly what the steward did. Mm -hmm. He was ripping off his owner a little bit. And right. then he ripped him off with a lot <laughs> for his own personal gain. Um, and so so what I would just say is I would repent. And that's where a lot of people, if you want to change your finances, just repent and say, God, I have not lived a Christian life with my money. Mm-hmm. And most Christians just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say that. Um, you know, there there's about 20% of our church gives 80% of our money. I mean, it's just I believe it. crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those people through this series are going to give more. Yeah. And then the people who give zero are like, wow, Pastor Matt's all about money. It's like, no, you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you are. And so people don't see that. So, so what I would just say is repent and say, God, I've not stewarded this well. And so I appreciate the fact that she yeah. is not trying to put off her choices on God. I actually think that's really, really wise. And God will honor that and say, God, I did this. I messed this up. Please help me. Yeah. Show me Um, a way out. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest miracles I've ever seen in my life, it comes out in the book, Everyday a Miracle, when I saw God bring the boy boy back from the dead. I remember saying, Lord, we did this. Mm. You know, I'm always uncomfortable when people say the Lord took my loved one or the Lord, and I'm like, God didn't do the cleft palate surgery. Mm -hmm. God didn't put the wrong airway tube in his lungs. Right. We did this. Mm Mm-hmm. God, I said, we did this. Please fix what we did. Mm-hmm. And so and so that's the second portion of what I would say is, okay, Lord, I did this. Would you help me fix this? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to honor you in this. And, you know, there was a young man that stopped me afterwards in the lobby, and he had a great question. He said, Pastor Matt, you know, because I shared the story, I was really struggling with how I was going to pay for college for my kids. And I had saved some money, but not enough. Yeah. I had no idea how much college was going to be, and I was really wrestling with it and struggling with it. And I, I wrote down uh, a number. I said, God, I, I want you to give me this much money so I get my kids through school. And I didn't get that m- amount. I, I got about about 60% of the amount I wrote down, but it turned out to be the exact amount I needed to get all my kids through school. Wow. And so the guy said, well, I, I've prayed and things don't work out that way. And so what I want to say is, okay, well, have you lived for the Lord for 26 years? You know, um, you know, there's that famous story where Elijah goes to uh, the widow mm-hmm. and he says, you're going to keep going to oil and there's going to be oil in there yeah, for you every right. time. Well, who was she? She was the one who housed the servant of the Lord. Yeah. And, and that's what people don't see is they want the miracle of those who trust, but they don't trust. Yeah, that's a good word. And 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 so so I don't know his situation. And, and this is what I told him. I don't always get everything I ask for. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a chapter in my book when God says no, mm-hmm. and and God said no to Jesus. Yeah. So He can say no to you, and He can say no to me. And oftentimes, you know, understanding eternity is like trying to look through the fog. We just we just don't know. I have to trust God 
in the midst of things I cannot see. Mm -hmm. And there are things in this life that I don't understand and don't make sense. Um, You know, I don't understand why God has asked me to pastor a church, uh, you know, thousands of people who don't give, don't serve, don't attend. You know, like sometimes I feel like the Lord's given me an army and and 80% of them don't want to fight. It's like, come on, God. Uh, Well, God must know something that there's something I need to learn, just like Gideon had to learn that he had, that Gideon, and for those of you who don't know the story, Gideon is a judge who lacked faith in the book of Judges. And and he had to, God had to whittle down his army so that Gideon would learn that the fight and the battle belonged to the Lord. And so there's two portions in that. Not only do our people need to learn to trust God, but I, as the leader, need to continue to trust God. And so if everybody's giving and doing what they need to do, then I'm not trusting God. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, um, leaning on him. And I think that all of us lose a blessing if all the bills are paid and we have more than enough. I think most of us, you know, I I just ran into this super rich person and I'm going to try to be vague enough. So if he listens to this, he doesn't know (laughs) I'm talking about him. But this guy has millions of dollars. And I remember talking to him four years ago about all the goals, all the things he was going to do. He was going to volunteer and he was going to be full-time ministry. (laughs) And he's done none of those things. He's built a house in another state. He's living a life of luxury. He doesn't even attend Sandals Church anymore. Mm -hmm. And all of that happened because he received way too much money. And most people who get tons of money, not all, most fall away from God. Mm -hmm. They don't follow God. Mm -hmm. And, and that's just the thing is, okay, Lord, why do I struggle? I was praying with um, a good friend of mine who's a pastor, and he's just really battled. He's had cancer. He's much more famous than I am. He's always in the news. And he just, he just really was wrestling with, there was a bunch of gossip and slander about him, and none of it was true. Mm. But it was in the news. It was mm-hmm. in the tabloids. And he just, he just was so angry at God. And he said, God, why are you allowing this? And he said, the Lord spoke to him. Did you play tetherball as a kid? Mm-hmm. So for those who didn't play tetherball, tetherball is this pole with a rope. And so it's tethered mm-hmm. to the ball. Right. And you can only play the game. And remember when we were kids, we'd hit it, hit it, hit it. And then the rope would snap. Mm-hmm. And then the game's over. Right. And and because the ball's bouncing through the, uh, the, the playground. And uh, we'd all be so sad because I went to ghetto school. So there's no more <laughs> rope. But, no um, more but he said the Lord told him that he's allowed suffering to keep him tethered. Mm. And so, you know, I do much better in my relationship with God when I'm in the battle and in the struggle. I struggle with my relationship with God when I'm on vacation. Yeah, I just do. Like, I, I'm the worst at my quiet time. I'm the, the worst at praying when I have the most time. Mm-hmm. And it really frustrates me. And when I'm rushed and when I'm pressured and when I'm stressed, I'm, you know, it's like when I'm on an airplane. I'm watching movies when it's smooth. I am connected to the Lord when that plane starts shaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and I are, we are talking, man. Um, and so I, I think that w- wow. we need a little struggle and we, we need that to keep us close to God. Rich people tend to wander. Mm. And I've seen it over and over and over again, because guess what rich people want to do? They want to make more money. Yeah. It's never enough. Mm. It's it's never mm. enough. And, um, years ago I was praying with this wealthy guy in our church and he was just pouring his heart out about his finances. And I said, so let me get this straight. You want me to ask God to keep you from having to live my life. <laughs> and he didn't like it. Yeah. But your worst life is my best life. Mm-hmm. So you're wow. asking God to save you from living my everyday life. That's what you want to ask me to pray. <laughs> I was mad because yeah. <laughs> I have to pay bills. I right. don't, I have to save. Right. I have to work hard. Yeah. Like I don't know where, you know, many of the, the, the needs that, that, that we have as a church and are, are going to come from. But this guy literally looked me square in the face and was terrified of living my life. Mm. And I was just like, how do I, yeah, how, how do, do I, I pray, pray that? for that? And you know, a lot of young people, you know, they love to rail against the billionaires in our church, the top one percenters. If you make thirty-two thousand dollars a year, you're in the top one percent of income earners on earth. Wow. We people have no idea how poor the world is. Yeah. I remember years ago we were in Cambodia and my son was about twelve and he watched a little naked boy go in the dumpster and he came out wearing women's lingerie. 
Wow. And my son started crying because that's the best he could find that the, boy could find. Wow. And so he put on women's lingerie hmm. in the dumpster. And um, think about how disgusting that mm-hmm. clothing probably was. Mm-hmm. And my son just started crying because he saw what poverty was. And, um, and that's happening all across the world right now. And in America, we're so, we're so arrogant mm-hmm. when we don't realize how blessed we are. Mm-hmm. And, and I know America's broken, but there's a reason. There, are, there aren't, um, you know, all those, um, what do they call them? The, 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 the groups that come up from Honduras through Mexico to America, they're called what? Like the caravans. The caravans. Mm-hmm. There aren't caravans into many countries in this world. There right. are caravans from countries. Mm-hmm. And and these aren't white people trying to get here. These yeah. are people of color mm-hmm. who are fleeing right. what other people of color have done in those countries. Mm-hmm. And and we're just we're just so blessed here that I remember one time I was in Africa and this guy said, My dream is to come to America. Wow. Yeah. That not not to be, do well, to get just here. Just to be here. Just to get here. And I just thought, okay. And that's what I told Tammy this morning. I was super convicted. I just said, um, my message, my Thanksgiving message, I, I preached it two weeks before I preached it. And so I listened to it again. I was so convicted on the way to church. Hmm. I was like, you know, and I didn't realize when I wrote it, some of you just need to be grateful for this message. I was like, I need to be grateful for this message because mm-hmm. I just constantly complain about what I don't have. And I don't thank God for what I do have. Yeah. Like I'm burdened by 14 campuses. If you would have told me that, my, my friend said that the other day, Matt, if you could go back to your <laughs> church planting self and tell him about your gripes, he would punch you in the face. Right. Because that guy struggled. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're so true. Yeah. So, all right. Absolutely. And I just went off there. No, I think it's good. I think something the Lord has been teaching me about is just... Like we don't graduate out of faith. Like I he's know. not going to answer a prayer. And then all of a sudden you need, you don't need faith anymore. Yes. And, you know, even in our life right now, managing more than we ever have, yeah. and managing more people than we ever have more resources. And I'm like, Lord, if it could just be like this. And he's like, do you remember what you prayed for like a year ago? Here you go. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it, you know, and we, we need the Lord and he's not going to, I don't think his will or his desire for us is to put us in a place where we no longer need him. Yeah. And so this is such an important conversation around our finances. I mean, God, he's got to be the center of it or else we're just, we're a slave to money. We're a slave to need and want and always wanting more. And I think, yeah, so good. Yeah. And, you know, like that woman who's asking to fix her finances, you know, Tammy was asking me, so what do we do if we don't raise the extra 2 million? And I said, we live within our means. That's right. That's what we do. I mean, um, you know, we ask God for everything. And this is why, you know, again, please be praying for the release of this book. I think that God Hmm. does not answer prayers. We do not pray. Yeah. And if you need a financial miracle, you need to be asking for it. You need to pray because what do you got to lose? Like, I don't understand why people don't ask for miracles because nothing you can do you know, sending my thoughts. No, thanks. Yeah, you know, yeah we like, don't want that. No, man. I, I, want, <laughs> you, I want you praying. Pray. Yeah, yeah, I want you praying because, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Have you, ever wonder, have you ever wondered, um, you know, I, is, are we done with our questions? No, we have one more. Okay. I, I, I was just thinking this week, you know, because life is hard. And have you ever thought about in John 20, the disciples run to the tomb and they do not see Jesus. And then Mary goes and she's weeping mm-hmm. and she sees Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just think there's something about tears <laughs> that allows to see what was always there. And I think that, I mean, like really wrestle through that, mm-hmm. you know, good. there's something about tears that allow me to see the truth of Jesus. And I think so many Christians don't want the tears. Well, then you're yeah. Peter and John seeing an empty tomb. Right. And then when you're Mary and you're hurting and you're standing there and then you hear the words, yeah. Mary, why That's are you weeping? Mm-hmm. And so I think in this life, <clears throat> we'll hate the tears. I think in the next life, we'll rejoice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amen. Praise <clears throat> God. So good. Yeah. All right. Last one. Amy from Riverside. Hey, Not from you. Highland. Thanks. Yeah. For, um, 
Regarding the current series, Generous Like Jesus, please consider that some people are too generous. I've really been struggling this last week. In my past, I had almost no boundaries. I helped everyone I could to the detriment of my own health. I feel like I have good boundaries now, but my mental health is fragile. I'm really asking I'm really asking God to show me where I need to be more generous toward him or others and I'm not getting anything. She says, please don't teach from the point of view that everyone is lacking in this area. Any advice or comfort you could offer would be appreciated. I appreciate you, Pastor Matt, and all of Sandals. Yeah, thank you so much. And so um this person sounds like a really unhealthy two to me on the Enneagram. And so just believe- 921, she put it down. Oh, 921. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Think well, I, I read that right. Um, and so what I would just say is twos always feel like they need to do more. Mm-hmm. And so what a two has to establish is boundaries. And so what I would say is I think it's a delicate balance. You know, like we began the show with you saying your son appreciated how I've shared. Mm-hmm. This is another person who's sitting right. in the same messages right. who feels like I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. And so that's the challenge of preaching is striking the right tone so that people feel encouraged and inspired to give, but not enslaved or guilted into giving. Mm-hmm. And so just to her, I would just say, I'm, I apologize that the way that I've communicated um, really rubbed an area of brokenness in your life. And I'll, I'll try to do better. Mm-hmm. But understand, it's a challenge to communicate to thousands of people and uh, communicate in such a way where... I inspire, but don't guilt or make sure. people feel like, oh my gosh, I need to do more. And so I would just say, if if you are that person that's doing too much, then this message isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that makes me sad is the people who are giving, you know, they're the ones who give more and the people who don't give, they're like, yeah, somebody should do something. Um, and so I just would say, I'm sorry for that. And and this is why it's so important for our listeners to keep, to keep praying for me because it is such a delicate thing to mm. talk about money. And, um, I think there are some people that need to be offended. Like Jesus offends people when it comes to money. Um, and then there are others that are doing all they can and they need grace. And, you know, I think about so many of the single moms in our church that can't pay rent. And Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there thinking, well, okay, what are they thinking through this series? Mm -hmm. They don't have money for formula. They don't have money for diapers. And they're sitting in this series. And and so some people would say, well, why do you got to talk about it so long? Well, the average person listens and watches once a month now. So what that means, if I want our audience to hear what I'm talking about, I have to talk about it at least four to six times in a row to reach somebody. Mm -hmm. People just don't attend church and don't listen to church. I mean, when I grew up, we heard this message Mm. more than once a year. Yeah, yeah. Did you grow <laughs> up in black church? I did. Yeah, black church is, uh, you know, black church has flaws, but one of the the beauties of black church is they celebrate giving and Absolutely. they celebrate in a very, very healthy way, taking care of their pastor, Absolutely. making sure that they are treated well. Um, that is not the way it is in most white church, at, at least yeah. in in the West. Yeah. Me and in Jeff. The South, have, in the South, some pastors. A little bit are, more. Yeah, me and Jeff care. have had this conversation is yeah. how there's some, you know, there's in all churches. Right. But in black church, there's a very healthy honor. Yes. Of the pastor, you know. And so I'm like, you had an Acura and they were mad about that. Oh, yeah. Because the way that I grew up, that is, that wouldn't even be an issue yes. for you to drive whatever car you wanted to drive. Now, obviously, that could get very unhealthy and very greedy and all those things. But it's something that we've talked about is that something we notice in white churches, there's not predominantly white. I know Sandals is not a white church, but predominantly white churches or where the pastor is white. We'll say that, that there's not the same kind of honor Mm -hmm. that we grew up in. And I think that that's cultural there, you know, the, the African American pastor was the, the core of the community, right? African Americans didn't have very much else or anywhere else to go to and so he's like the father figure and the dad and the you know and the and the community leader and everything right so there was such a bigger much more of an honor and some of that's healthy i think some of it is healthy yeah but i i we i have noticed that and so everybody's listening through their own bias through the way that Mm -hmm. they grew up i mean i hear giving and it's the way that i was taught i saw faithfulness with my single mom, she paid her tithe yeah. every single week to this day. She pays her tithe and she gives to the joy yeah. company. Right. I've seen I, it. I don't, my kids pay their tithe. I mean, we just, it's yeah. not even a, you cannot, you cannot read through the Bible 
Yeah. And not be compelled to give. And not, yeah. There's just, there's no way. I don't know what Bible you're reading. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, and this I, is God's house. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I know yeah. I've been, I've grown up in this. This is something that I'm completely, com- I even looked at our, you know, on the app, you can see you're giving so far. And yeah. I'm like, I think this is off. Not, I'm like, Devon, I think we missed a couple of somethings, yeah. you know, because I am compelled yes. to make sure that God's house is well taken care of. But that's my personal conviction. And I have seen the Lord show up over mm-hmm. and over and over. Like you were saying, you know, you prayed and asked God for, I'm like, I'm about to go write that, and die, yeah. <laughs> write that down in my prayer yeah. journal. Like, I need this much for college, Jesus. Yeah. Because, um, but you have walked faithfully with the Lord and have seen him show up in that way. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I, I just, I have this strong conviction just to be faithful. I want to give you everything that I, you know, he doesn't want the money. He can't, you know, he wants your heart. He yeah, wants absolutely. your heart. And, and again, and I think every, every financially blessing you have, if you're a Christian, um, you know, I, I just give it back to the Lord. Like we, yeah. you know, we sold a house last year. I know a lot of Christians that don't tithe on the sale of their house. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, and so Tammy and I did it and, and I feel, I feel blessed by that. And, um, 2023 has not been a good year for me financially. So, uh, and not that, I mean, the church pays me, so I don't want anybody to think I'm just saying sure. my, my outside investments right. and other things that are going on are not doing well. 2022 was a good year. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be faithful and generous. That's right. Um, and I'm actually, but this has been my prayer and this was my prayer this morning. I was like, Lord, um, cause I have a stock that's not performing well. And it, and I was like, Lord, I, I want to sell this so that I can give more to sandals right now, but this feels like not a good time to sell. And so I I was asking him, Lord, would you, would you help this stock do better so that I can give money to the church? And that's just, that's just my heart. I I never asked the Lord for a second house or a car. I just, I just like, I just, you know, cause I know that when I'm praying, like there's somebody somewhere that's hungry right now yeah absolutely that's saying lord can i have a full belly today Mm -hmm. and he's hearing both our prayers and i remember that that's why jesus taught us to pray our father Mm -hmm. he's not just my dad yeah and so i you know i want my my prayers to not look silly yeah and so lord increase this so that i can give more so that i can help out more um so that i can do more like i would love i would love for my book to do so well so that i could pay off our church debt Mm -hmm. like that would be a dream for me to hand this church off to the next pastor debt free. That, that's something that I would love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sandals is, you know, we're an entrepreneurial church. We've built this building. We had a, I, we had a guy leave our, our church because, you know, he's like, Oh, I don't believe church should have debt. I was like, you inherited your business from your dad. <laughs> I was like, go like <laughs> you've built nothing. You've earned right, nothing. Right. Like I, I could not believe it. And oh, by the way, he didn't give. Mm-hmm. Like I was so frustrated. I was like, sandals started with nothing. Yeah, we've scraped and scratched and crawled and prayed and mm-hmm. believed, and a bunch of kids, yeah, a bunch of college kids, you know, bought this first building. Of course, we had to borrow some money, but um, and sandals is in is is in a much better uh, debt position than most people in our church, and so. So anyways, you know, that's just what I say is, yeah. uh, you know, keep trusting God. So keep trusting God. Yeah. Keep trusting God. Thank you God for, for what you do. And yeah. thank you for everybody who gives. And, yes. and I realize it's a sensitive issue, but it's sensitive because that's the God of our age. It's mm-hmm. the God of our culture. And people want me to preach the word of God when it comes to <laughs> issues they don't struggle with. But when it comes right. to giving, they're like, okay. Help us, Lord. Yes, amen. Amen. And pray for your pastor yeah. as he walks through this. I, I can't imagine having to, you know, share this message with people with yeah. so many opinions and so much church hurt from this. It has been abused in other places and other churches, but it doesn't matter. God doesn't God doesn't excuse us from participating yeah. in generosity. So Yeah, God will hold those pastors who abuse That's right. accountable. But God will hold He'll you hold accountable. you accountable too. Yeah, and you just yeah. gotta know that. And so um and a lot of these pastors that abuse, I think they manipulate scriptures to be rich. And um, and I, I don't think that they fear the Lord. I do. No, they don't. Yeah. No. And so. Yeah. I actually am, I, you know, I don't think other people should take this, this position. But even with my tithe, I'm like, I fear the Lord. Yes. Like, I need his blessing yeah. on everything that I do. And so, anyway, 
Love y'all. Thank you for listening. Yeah, great questions today. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can always submit your questions anytime to move.sc forward slash ask or go to the Sandals Church app and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.